the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into our third hour of our daily three-hour tour. Here, too, I sometimes like to quote Virgil, here, too, the honorable finds its due. A few years back when the movie American Sniper came out, we did a big event for it and at one of the theaters downtown, and we had a conversation about it. I was driving home, and I was probably just not as focused as I should have been thinking about the evening, and I wandered into another lane. A cop pulled me over, rightfully so, make sure I wasn't, you know, inebriated or anything else. And uh, I just – he let me go, obviously. It was just I wasn't paying as much attention as I very well should have. And I noticed he had a special ring on his finger. And I told him about the event I just came from, and I had the American Sniper book in my back, and I um, offered it to him. He said, I can't take it because it's illegal for me to take it, but I thank you. And I said, no, I thank you. Uh, I have a very um, good friend running for Congress here in Arizona, Eli Crane. He's been on the show before. I have said before, I'll say it again, I think he is possibly the uh, most – fantastic candidate running for Congress in the entire United States of America in this cycle. Eli Crane tweeted today that Chris Kyle was the toughest boss he ever had. He made us all better. Today's the anniversary of Chris Kyle's passing, and it is an honor to bring on air my candidate, Eli Crane. Eli, thanks for joining us on this day. Hey, Seth, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Clear up for the audience just for a quick sec, Eli, because of the redistricting and people get confused. Tell everyone in Arizona, everyone in earshot in Arizona, the district you are running for in uh, in this campaign cycle in 2022. Yeah, we're running in the uh, new CD2. Yep. It used to be called CD1. There it is. We're still trying to take out Tom O'Halloran, yep. who's a three-term Democrat. Yep, and you're going to do it. You're going to do it, Eli. We are. And as you said, uh, Chris, uh, Kyle made you all better. You're going to make us in this country better once you get to Congress. Talk to us about Chris Kyle just for a moment, and we'll talk about some of the issues you're running on. But tell us about this toughest boss you ever had. You know, he uh, he loved his guys, and uh, he loved his country, and he loved his family as well. And he also loved to give myself and the other new guys a hell of a tough time. And so uh, I didn't always uh, like Chris Kyle while I worked for him just <laughs> yeah. because he was so tough on us. But I, yeah. I loved him and I respected him and I understood uh, he was just trying to make us tougher. And he most certainly did that. Thank you for uh, thank you for remembering him today. Thank you for your service too. It's your service. It's your experience. It's your other wisdom that we need, Eli. <clears throat> right now, depending on who you talk to. Uh, Either Russia and Ukraine are on the brink of war or perhaps the United States is on the brink of being dragged into or inserting itself into that potential war. You look at what's going on over there, sir. Tell us your thoughts. What's your thinking? What should be our thinking about all of that? 
Well, I think we need to be very cautious, and I'm very concerned with this administration. I'm hoping, as I've seen some reports today, that the troops that they're sending over aren't going to Ukraine, but will be in Eastern Europe in supporting roles. But I am definitely concerned that we might get drugged into another shooting war. And what I think a lot of people need to understand is, is just to put in perspective, this is the same administration that just completely botched the withdrawal of Afghanistan and created quite possibly one of the most embarrassing um, and deadly situations, uh, withdrawing from that country and leaving Americans behind, leaving our allies high and dry. And um, I don't think we have any business right now um, with the country and the condition that it's in, um, rushing to secure Ukraine's eastern border when we don't even secure our own southern border. And the last thing I want to point out, Seth, is a lot of people aren't aware of this, but the Russians, the Chinese, and the Iranians right now, um, as early as I believe last week, were conducting joint operations, naval operations together. So I want people to think about that. If we do get pulled into a shooting war with Russia, there's actually a chance that it could escalate into something much bigger um, with countries that haven't made their militaries a social experiment like we have here in America. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Eli. I I was sharing with the audience either yesterday or the day before, I don't remember which, but I was sharing with the audience that it is a little eerie – that we are going back, many of us are going back and looking at some of the debates, conversation, thinking, and discussion of things we thought were over when the 1980s were over. We're now talking about the potential possibility, heaven forbid, of using, not necessarily us, but the use of nuclear weapons all over again. This should this this should not be a conversation in America in 2022, should it? No, I don't think it should. And honestly, Seth, I don't think that this would be a conversation in America right now if the, if Biden's, President Biden's poll numbers weren't as abysmal as they are. And this administration hadn't failed at everything that they put their hands on in the first year of their administration. Personally, I think they, they wanted distraction. I think they jumped at the opportunity to, uh, you know, shift fire on the, the negative headlines that were plaguing this administration, as you saw that even the mainstream media start to turn on the Biden administration. And so that's my that's my thought on it. I think that I don't think that this would we'd even be having this conversation um, if this administration wasn't in so much trouble. I don't think and, you know, history doesn't reveal its alternatives. uh, AJP Taylor once said, I don't think Congress and the American people would have gone along with Lyndon Johnson's escalation of Vietnam if they knew the lies that we later found out were being told. We're coming out of less than a year from the evacuation of Afghanistan. Joe Biden called it an extraordinary success. That was a lie. That was a lie. And he is now asking us to get behind potential new theater of warfare operations. This is really hard to take, Eli, really hard. Yeah, I think when this administration lies, they speak their native tongue. Okay. I don't think we've heard I don't think we've heard much come out come from this administration that hasn't been misleading. Um, and it's it's uh, I think you're starting the American people are starting to figure that out and I think that's why this administration's 
poll numbers are completely tanking. Um, and it, it is very concerning that we have at least another three years uh, of this administration. And I am glad that we have, um, you know, that they have lost a lot of their political capital. Yeah. And we have a couple folks, unfortunately, that are Democrats. That's pretty scary, but are actually holding the line like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. Uh, but that's one of the reasons that I'm running for Congress is because we can't we the firewall can't be too Democrat. And it we can't be to too thin. Back. It can't be too thin. Right. I mean, no, that's it, right. The it, firewall it, can't it, be too Democrats and it can't be too thin. It can't be too thin. And thankfully, you're seeing a bunch of people um, that never wanted to run for public yeah. office. And a lot of them are veterans. Yeah. Um, stepping up, doing some jumping back into the fight, running towards the sound of political gunfire. And, uh, you know, we we're ready to do whatever it takes to make sure that the next generation gets the freedom and opportunity that you and I did growing up. Eli, uh, you're running here. There's a group of you SEALs running across the country, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, There's seven that I know of, and I know one another one is about ready thinking about jumping into the race. And so so many of us are just we're fed up with it. We're tired of it. And we want to do anything that we can to uh, make sure that uh, this country does not go completely off the cliff. Good. Thank you, sir. I, on a day like today, I was glad you could make time. I appreciated it. I saw your tweet and I thought, my gosh, you know, we did that event. Uh, I've done some work with Debbie Lee. No doubt you know who that is. And uh, I just uh, I, I just I couldn't resist uh, having you on today, getting your thoughts on Chris Kyle, getting your thoughts on this uh, new theater of operations this administration is walking us into, it looks like. Uh, and I just can't wait for November and your election. I can't wait till you're sworn in next January. We can't get you soon enough, Eli. We'll spend more time as we get to November. But just so you know, we out here in Phoenix are rooting for you hard, brother. Thank you so much, Seth. I appreciate it. You bet. Let me give out your website real quick for those that want to check you out or hopefully help you out. EliForArizona.com. And Eli is E-L-I. EliForArizona.com. Thank you, sir. Godspeed. We'll talk soon, I hope. Thank you. Bye-bye. Go get him. I'm Seth, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I want to do a shout-out to our newest sponsor, Midas Gold Group. I've been in conversation with those guys just today. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years. Today, gold remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need a pushy commission salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You know a lot about gold, and you already probably want some. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get exactly what you want at the very best value. Midas Gold Group, they're veteran-owned, proud supporters of America First, and my show right here on 960 The Patriot, which means they're supporters of you, for they help make this conversation happen. They're fighting for your right not only to speech but to financial privacy that their very business offers. Trust the dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of our listeners know and trust, Midas Gold Group. Visit them in person at 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix or give them a call at 480-360-3000 or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com and tell them I sent you. 
All right, 602-508-0960. John is in Gilbert. Hello, John. Hi, Seth. How are you doing today? I am doing fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so I want to touch back on, on Whoopi Goldberg yep. and, uh, you know, just her historically inaccurate and, and, and really racially insensitive and, and, and frankly, anti-Semitic remarks um, on The View. Um, and, and I think my question for you is, to, to what degree should we give redemption to, to people in the public eye? Um, because I, I, I think you and I can both agree that the, the cancel culture mentality of, of really trying to vilify people and, and effectively have these uh, social media witch trials really aren't that effective. Right. Um, what, 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 what's your stance on, on Whoopi and uh, her um, punishment? Yeah, well, that's uh, thank you, John, for raising it. Don't go away. I want to talk it out with you and anyone else who wants to weigh in. Um, of course. A <clears throat> couple thoughts initially. First of all, uh, agreeing with, with all of your predicates, um, let me add something. For the reporters and the journalists, and you're seeing some of this that say she delivered a sincere apology, she didn't. She didn't. Watch the apology. Watch it, and you tell me if that's sincere. It looked forced. It looked cribbed. It looked like she didn't like having to say what she had to say. Someone who gives a sincere apology appreciates having to give it. I'll tell you what a sincere apology is. Megyn Kelly gave a sincere apology. Do you remember the Megyn Kelly incident when she was talking about why is blackface such a bad – she questioned why blackface was such a bad costume for Halloween having done it as a youth? Took about a day. Took about a day. She came on the next day and she did a whole hour on the history of blackface with some liberals and some other civil rights activists. And you know what she made of it? What we used to call a teachable moment. That was sincere. And then she got fired. And then she got fired. I just I just want to paint the canvas of what a sincere apology looks like. What Megyn Kelly did was a sincere apology. All of us are going to say wrong things from time to time. Let's 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 establish that, too. Right, John? You agree with that. We're all going to misspeak once in a while. And the first right. Hundred percent. And the first the first response should be, well, when, when I have, I usually say God has, isn't finished with me yet, and I apologize, and I'll go into it. Hadn't happened that often, but I'm happy to admit it when I'm wrong because I believe <laughs> no one is perfect. I, no one is. No one is. In some yeah, religions, there's only been one perfect person, right? Of course. All right. Um, so the teachable moment here, what I fear worst is that the way this has been covered, which is to say the way it's been covered almost everywhere except my last three monologues, is getting it wrong. And we're losing the teachable moment as to what exactly it was she was saying, why she said it, what underlies all of that. We're going to lose this. And the 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 effect of postmodernism, the effect of um, wink and nod anti-Semitism, the effect of uh, critical race theory that underlie all of it, all of it is being brushed under the, and swept under the rug. That, that, that's really my first and foremost concern. Whether she stays on the view or not is something I could care less about because I think it's really a very tainted show in the first place. Yeah. Say what you want about Megan McCain. You read that book she wrote about what takes place there. I believe her. I believe her. It rings yeah. true, and other people from her perspective have validated it. I, that that is a a coven at best. 
at best. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a feigned attempt at, at, at looking at um, you know pre- presenting uh, multiple perspectives. It, it, it really is a, a farce. Um, in of itself. Yeah, um, no, it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a burlesque of the free. It's a burlesque of free speech and the First Amendment and intelligent talk. It's 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 truly fake intelligent talk. It's the opposite of all of that. That having been said, that having been said, I did pose the question to the audience: Did she get the right and just uh, punishment or reprimand? Two weeks is the punishment, as last I understood it. Right, two weeks off is the last. The um. The question is really on the table, I think, John, is what is our position as conservatives who fight the cancel culture or condemn the cancel culture? What should our position be in a case like this? Should we say, well, Whoopi Goldberg shouldn't receive any punishment whatsoever and ABC was wrong to suspend her? Where do we come down on that? Some will say we stick to our principles. And she should receive no punishment for speaking wrongly or speaking errantly. And some will say, well, you know, when we have played by the Marcus of Queensbury rules while the left has played by the rules of the devil, we haven't done ourselves any favor or advanced the ball any further than giving the left another victory. That's the horns of this dilemma. Where do you come out on this, John? Uh, well, in, in, in my opinion, I, I think you can even – remove it from just the, like, is this a, a cancel culture versus anti-culture thing? And, and, and really just turn it into, should, is there any place for people to say things that are anti-Semitic? And, and I unapologetically say there's no room for that degree of hate speech, just like there's there's no room for, for hate speech against people of any um, ethnicity or race. So I think when, when, it, when it comes down to stuff like that, I think the would be really did not get the punishment that she deserves. And, and had it been from someone from, you know, Fox News saying something similar, um, you would see, you know, um, groups all over really calling for, for that. Oh, if it was Jonah Goldberg instead of Whoopi Goldberg, he'd have been fired. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I, I, I think that's really what the message should be in, in, in this regard. And I feel like, in in terms of like that that free speech or cancel culture, I think you know this this isn't even really uh, remotely kind of like related to to that side of things versus some of like the other transgressions where people have you know lost their careers. Yeah. Um, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there is a big difference. There is. Uh, there's a categorical difference. I have to take a quick break. You want to pursue this with me? You're welcome to hold, John. I'd like to share a few more views with you on it, if I can, and anyone else who wants to call in. So feel free to stay and hang on if you want, and we'll pick it up on the other side. Others feel free to weigh in as well. 602-508-0960. Should Whoopi have gotten two weeks suspension? Should she have gotten more? Should she have gotten less? We'll come back on this in a moment. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John and Gilbert, are you still there, John? Yeah, still here. Thank you. We were talking Uh about the uh, Whoopi Goldberg situation and whether the punishment is just, whether conservatives should be on the side of cancel culture, if this is an example of cancel culture. I mean, there's a lot here. There's a lot in this question. I think there is in any event. And I think what's also important to remember about this particular situation, John, is Whoopi Goldberg had 
two shots to get this right before it went into the second day. First of all, there was no reason for her. I mean, remember how this whole discussion on The View came up. It came up not because Holocaust studies or anything about World War II was the topic du jour. It came up because a school board in Tennessee took a book about the Holocaust, a cartoon book about the Holocaust, out of its curriculum because it thought it was dealing with things a little bit too mature for that school audience that didn't like the nudity, it didn't like the graphic nature of it, and in that local school board decided not to do it. Joy Bahar and Whoopi Goldberg jumped on this Tennessee school board made up of white Christians to defame white Christians and saying they were lying. That wasn't the real reason. The real reason was because they're white supremacists. So they engage... They engage in the very prejudice that most of us thought was, in fact, the mark and emblem of the Third Reich, that very group libel, that very kind of prejudice, except instead of Jews, they were doing it to white Christians in Tennessee. That's when Whoopi Goldberg said, well, we're not doing the same thing because Hitler wasn't a white supremacist. They had no reason to go down that road. The only reason they found that road was because they wanted to defame white Christians in Tennessee. Prejudice. That's what that's called. Then, then, having uttered these absolutely inane, if not insane, theories about Adolf Hitler not being a white supremacist, she gets not one hour, not two hours, not three hours, four or more hours – before going on the Stephen Colbert show that night to clean it up and instead doubles down because she didn't think she did anything wrong and she thought she was smarter than the whole entire scholarship since 1945 until now, right? She thought she was smarter, right? This is how that came about. By the next morning, she had to read a prepared statement. She clearly was unhappy to read, eating her crow. It was not sincere. and I, and I think that just lack of contrition in general is is enough to to kind of give her the axe. And I and I think going forward, really, the the standard should be, um, you know, if if someone does, uh, you know, misspeak, say something along, you know, those lines, uh, uh, you know, like really really crossing the line of of, of leading into like racism or anti-Semitism, then if that person, you know, really does demonstrate a sense of you know, contrition or like sincerely wishing to. to I, I think a good example is the Megyn Kelly one. I think that was sincere yeah. and contrite. I mean, she said something yeah. based on literal ignorance, as she said, and she fixed it. Yeah, and I, and and you know, the fact that Whoopi isn't willing to do it just shows that she has learned absolutely nothing from this, other than um, really just kind of frustration with the Jewish community for getting so upset about it in the first place, yeah. which I think just further uh, amplifies her anti-Semitism. But uh, that's, that's all I wanted to share. On, on Well, let's the, agree on the, a couple the, things that I think we can agree on and should agree on, and it should be the baseline of this conversation. Let's agree that prejudice is bad. Can we agree on that? Of course. Let's agree that racism is a uniquely terrible evil wrong. Can we agree on that? Of course. Now, having established those things, what do we what do we look to? Where do we go to as the exemplar, as the benchmark of that 
racism, that bigotry, that prejudice, and what it can lead to if unrestrained. Until Whoopi Goldberg, we went to Adolf Hitler. Yeah. How in the world are we supposed to take seriously the notion that they can engage in all the prejudice they want, including against Tennessee white Christians or against anyone else, perhaps just because they happen to believe in lower marginal tax rates and protecting the border to be called racists? How can we have any understanding of racism and prejudice anymore now that we have sanctified and sanitized Adolf Hitler as not being that, as not being that. If prejudice is wrong and racism is wrong against one group, you have to establish, you would think you wouldn't have to, but nowadays evidently you do, that it's not about the one group. It's not about the retail problem. It's about the wholesale problem. It's because in and of itself, racism and what or any racist supremacy or bigotry is bad. And that the left can't and won't do. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Are you old? It's, It's funny what the left will run to here, even in Arizona. And not just, you know, the left that we used to think of. You know, one of my um, one of the points I like to make in the talks I give, whether here or elsewhere, is about extremism in the parties. And one of the ways you can tell, aside from the complex analytics a few groups and think tanks have done to prove this, <laughs> to elaborately demonstrate the obvious, if you will. But uh, one of the things I point to about the Democrats and their leftward move is if you think about the left, what what used to be called the radical left, kind of interesting, isn't it? You don't hear that phrase anymore, radical left. You just hear the left. You don't hear radical left anymore. I guess there's a few reasons for that we can get into. But in any event, in the 60s and 70s, when the radical left, whether they were the Weathermen, the Weather Underground, whether they were the Black Panthers, whether they were any number of other groups, uh, Democrats uh, for uh, uh, Socialist Democrats, whatever it was, um, Students for a Democratic Society, SDS, um, you never saw the Democratic Party's leadership or – identifiable office holders affiliating with them. Instead, you saw quite the opposite. They wanted to be as far removed from them as possible, exactly, giving them the Heisman, if you will, right? Giving them the Heisman, not the trophy, the hand move, (laughs) the block, the blocking defensive move, right? For example, You think of that famous Leonard Bernstein party for the Black Panthers that Tom Wolfe wrote about so famously in his uh, essay, Radical Chic. There were no George McGoverns. There were no Ted Kennedys. There were no Hubert Humphreys. There were no Sergeant Shrivers. There were no Walter Mondales. There were none of the Democratic Party wanted anything to do with any of that. They had nothing to do with it and they would denounce those 
groups and organizations, and even their policies and statements. You don't see that anymore. Instead, you see the Democratic officials quite comfortable with what would have once upon a time been called the radical left. Arizona Senate Democrats, I don't know what's going on with them. The Arizona Senate Democratic Caucus here in our legislature, I have no idea what's going on with them. A year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, they put out a statement on behalf of Black Lives Matter on Twitter. And they they quoted a communist fugitive from justice on the FBI most wanted list accused of killing a cop, a woman named Asada Shakur. They quoted her. They quoted her. And I just thought it interesting today, just today, they put up on Twitter, the Arizona Senate Democrats on their Twitter account, they put up today this statement with no explanation as to why. Trans clapping hands, girls clapping hands are clapping hands girls. Trans girls are girls with four clapping hands. To emphasize it, you know, because the statement itself isn't strong enough. I've always wondered about people that applaud themselves in the first place or a party that <laughs> applauds itself in the first place. Maybe the test of your ideas to get itself accepted in the community or in the marketplace of ideas might be to see if other people applaud you or vote for you. Trans girls are girls. How long has Twitter been around? I don't know. At least 10 years, right? Five years ago, no one would have any idea what they're talking about. Trans girls are girls? What? 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 What's trans girls? What are you talking about? What are you saying? So they're just engaging right now in what you might call a shibboleth or code talk, code speak, saying the things they know they have to say to keep their base comfortably happy with them, engaging in the exquisite rituals of woke statement. Last year, year and a half ago, we'll quote a self-avowed communist cop killer fugitive who lives in Cuba. This year, we'll just say trans girls are girls. You can be a party that represents the complete destruction of natural right and law, the complete destruction of the human condition. You can do that. There have been movements in this country that have done that. Those of us who aren't afraid to teach the real history of America know about all of that. It's just really, really odd that for the first time, perhaps since the 19th century, it now comfortably exists within a major political party in America. I don't know what more to say.
except this. It's an odd world. It's upside down and it's disoriented. If anything I just said is deemed the controversial thing and not what the Arizona Senate Democrats are saying. All right, folks, thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. We got a lot done today and uh, we'll get a lot done tomorrow. If you're on hold and didn't get a chance to get on, my apologies. Call tomorrow and we will put you right to the top, tying a lot of things together, if not everything that we did today. I want to close the show with something my teacher Harry Jaffa wrote. Both Nazis and Marxist communists take as their foundations a view of history derived from 19th century neo-Darwinian biology. The Nazis saw history as a competition of races with the struggle for power, ultimately by the means of war, determining who was the fittest and who deserved to survive and rule. The master race stood in the same relationship to the inferior races that the human race has stood in relationship to the lower, lower order of animals in the old view of things. Hence, these inferior races could logically and consistently be enslaved or exterminated or used for their hides and tallow the same way we use cattle. The Holocaust was no more to them than the shambles of the Kansas City stockyards to us. In the case of communists, they substitute the words class struggle for the race struggle of the Nazis. But the human consequences are the same. Anything denominated counter-revolutionary in a Stalinist regime suffers the same fate as anything called dysgenic, racially harmful, in the Nazi regime. And that is why the abandonment of human nature is the abandonment of the ground of all morality. I don't think anything can be more important than that. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.